Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Daughter Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, July 6th, the Gap Year or Bust Edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 11, Oliver, who's 9, and Teddy, who's 6. And we currently are without a location to call home. (laughs) I'm Zach Rosen. I make another show. It's called The Best Advice Show. And I am dad to Noah, who is 5, and Ami, who's 2. We live in Detroit, Michigan. I'm Jamila Lemieux. I'm a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is 10, and we live in Los Angeles. Well, today on the show, we have a family who's all ready to take a gap year, except their oldest child is less than thrilled at the idea. Every time it comes up in conversation, she comes up with a reason why it won't work. We're, of course, also going to talk about our week in parenting, and if you're sticking around for Slate Plus, we're going to talk about co-sleeping. Here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. I was up so much with Henry walking to another room breastfeeding that I was like falling asleep during the day doing stuff because every time I got up, I couldn't get back to sleep. And what finally fixed that for us was co-sleeping, that if I could have him there, I could feed him and put him back without so much disruption. And I was worried I was going to fall asleep in like the armchair or rocker holding him, which is also dangerous. So I just think like opening up the conversation and saying like, okay, I accept some risk for this because it's working for our families, but how do, like, are there other things I should be doing to make this less dangerous? Not only will you get to hear that in segment, but as a Slate Plus member, you get a whole bonus segment every week. Plus, you get to listen to all your other favorite Slate podcasts ad-free. It's truly the best way to listen and the best way to support the show. You can sign up for Slate Plus now at slate.com slash plus. All right, we're going to jump into triumphs and fails as soon as we get back from this short break. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening Because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. Today we're doing something a little different and reaching back into time for some classic triumph and fails from our mental archives. Jamila, what do you have for us? 
All right. So this was the fall of 2016. Oh, the happy years when we lived in New York. And we had just moved into a new apartment. And this was literally like that day we moved into a new apartment. And I packed all of Naima's clothes away. And she had to go to school the next day. And so all that I had that was clean and accessible that morning were pajamas. So, and they were pajama pajamas, not like t-shirt and shorts uh-huh. or leggings Like a onesie a pajama? They were two pieces, but they were very clearly pajamas. <laughs> they had a print. They had, you know, like a collared shirt and pants. And I have the cutest picture. I have to, maybe I can find it and post it on Instagram. Of Naima in school wearing her pajamas looking pissed off because that was all that we had. And I, you know, I just convinced her. I was like, (laughs) it'll be fine. Just wear the pajamas. And because she was three going on four, she's like, okay. And so she did. And everybody else had on their little uniforms and Naima had on pajamas. How did she do? She did fine. You know, I expected her to feel a little bit more insecure about it, but she had a, what I recall, a pretty fun day. This is very um, anxiety producing for me. (laughs) As as all of my, you know, I'm not at the house. All of my things are gone and I'm thinking, oh boy. (laughs) I didn't really think about things like still being boxed for the first day of school or yes. Okay, well... (laughs) At least if it happens to me, I can show them your picture <laughs> and say, she managed just she fine. Managed. She did just fine. She was only slightly pissed. Only a little bit. Yeah, that's young enough where it's just kind of adorable. And like if, if, if it was now, that would be yeah, that would be pretty humiliating. Probably have a different But day. the other kids were in like a uniform, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were. Oh, goodness. Okay, Zach, how about you? I think back to when Noah was, she was still in a in a high chair. So she was probably like, but eating solid foods. What is that, like a year? She was about a year. Um, and here in Detroit, Middle Eastern food is very important to our region. Uh, we have one of the biggest Middle East populations outside of the Middle East in, in Dearborn, which is an adjacent suburb. Um, we eat a lot of that food here. And uh, do you know what tum tum is? You might know it as garlic sauce. Have you had it? Like yeah. that white. It's the greatest. It's just garlic oil, lemon juice, and salt. It's kind of the consistency of a hummus, but you can hmm. you. It, it goes with anything. A little goes a long way, and it like people come here who don't have a lot of particularly Lebanese restaurants where they live and like buy like a quart of it and take it home because it's just so good. And I thought it was time for Noah to have her first taste of tum and i i spooned out maybe a teaspoon on her little baby spoon and gave her a bite um and she just started throwing up there was way too much garlic and oil for her cute little belly to handle i was i thought like i was being like a cultural you know like (laughs) i I was like you know really kind of like welcoming her into our region um uh, and you know introducing her to the important food ways here uh she wasn't having it and when shira came home i told her you know noah's been throwing up i wonder what it was And she's like well what did you feed her And i'm like oh i gave her oh yeah i didn't even like put it together at first that it was this very potent garlic that um wasn't good for her so i recommend uh tum t-o-u-m 
to to all our listeners but probably wait until your kid is older than like you know 18 months she likes it now all these years later i was but gonna that was, ask that was, did that yeah it's 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 so good but um yeah it, that, that was a big uh tummy failure no permanent I, I don't know what i was doing i still don't but i i knew even less than yeah i'm reaching back into the the not too distant past <laughs> to uh <laughs> I Henry had like a ton of thank you notes he had to write and he's very big into letter writing so he largely does them all by himself he writes the notes he addresses them he asks for stamps he puts them in so the mail great. and I don't really know what goes out but a um friend was cleaning out some stuff and sent me a picture that she failed to send me from a letter that he wrote uh dear we'll just say person Thank you for the $20. I don't know what I'm going to choose, but I hope <laughs> I make a good decision. No signature. <laughs> uh, so Henry's, uh, you know, projecting that his future self may not make a good choice. I don't know what he spent that $20 on. So I, I showed him the letter and he's like, huh, I wonder what I did do with that. <laughs> <laughs> so to all of you who have received two line, uh, notes from my son <laughs> pondering his own ability to spend wisely um yes at least he wrote a note right i honestly yes that that counts for so much more than the content at that age like to take the initiative of writing a thank you note and putting it in the mail yourself that's huge that's huge mm-hmm. you should be very proud oh he lo- he loves to send the the things out i just thought they were maybe better formed than uh, <laughs> than this mm-hmm. but I, I mean, the person was very tickled when they found it again. So, yeah, that's fun. That's always nice. Well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break and then we'll see you back here for our listener question. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's jump into our listener question. Hi, Mom and Dad. Longtime listener of the show here, but first time writing in. My husband and I have dreamed of taking our family on a gap year since before we even had kids. Before settling down, we were world travelers and even worked for a few seasons at a science camp in Antarctica together. So this is really important to us. Our kids are approaching what we feel are the ideal ages for this experience, and we're fortunate to have lucked into the means for a gap year. During the pandemic, we were able to sell our first home in Denver for a nice profit, and we've squirreled that away in savings for this very occasion. I'm a copywriter, and I plan to do some freelance work during our time away. We ideally want to begin our gap year about one year from now, when our kids will be seven and nine. We've slowly introduced the idea of exploring the world together for a year to our kids, who are now six and eight and a half, and we've received some mixed reactions. 
Our five-year-old son is pretty excited about it, but our eight-year-old daughter instantly starts crying at the mere mention. She's a super social girl and her friends are her life. Not to mention she's very attached to the family dog, who she can't imagine leaving behind for a year. She also expresses anxiety about missing a whole school year. We plan to home slash world school. Even when we talk about this super casually, she gets very upset and says she's going to stay behind and live with someone else. The catch is that I know she's going to love the experience when she's in it. We've traveled a fair bit internationally as a family, and she always loves our adventures. She's so intrepid and brave, and living in Colorado, we're always going on some half-baked expeditions, camping, backpacking, skiing, hiking, and she proves to be adaptable, excited, and just down for it all. So, so how do I help ease her into this idea of a gap year? I don't want to feel like we're ripping her away unwillingly from her life here, but this is something my husband and I feel so strongly about doing, and we'll regret it if we don't. Uh, this is a very exciting idea. I'm, I'm excited for you and your family, and totally get that an eight-year-old might not be thrilled about this as they're just kind of starting to, you know, make their own friends in a, in a meaningful way. However, like you say, they are, like, into this kind of thing, and you know, at least in theory, when they're not thinking about how much they'll miss their friends. And so I don't know where you're going, but wherever that is, start getting them super excited about that place. Like, are you thinking about moving to Paris? Like, watch Ratatouille. Um, You know, are you going to Hawaii? You know, watch Moana. Like, think about really cool things, books, magazines, movies from that place and and start embedding them before you leave. So they're like, oh yeah, the sand is going to feel really good between my toes. And also, I think there are ways to, I know, you know, there are all sorts of like expat Facebook groups for adults. um, And I think you can start making some connections wherever you're going um, virtually, you know, start reaching out to people in these Facebook groups and look for families that have uh, like-aged uh kids to your own and then maybe you can do some some kind of uh you know i don't know if it's pen palling or just like facetiming but just like really do a lot to make friends um as best you can or help help your kid make friends with the people um that are going to be in the place where where you'll be traveling to um because that that's not going to solve the the social dilemma but i think it's going to really make it a lot less painful for them and I know, Liz, you're going to have a lot to say about this as an intrepid world traveler, but that's where I'd start. I definitely co-sign what you said about finding content from this place, you know, that talks about this place that you're going to. In addition to finding other books and movies about kids that are traveling and seeing somewhere outside of, you know, their normal surroundings, um, there's a lot of books about kids having new experiences, trying new cultures, um, eating new foods. You can also start introducing some of the foods that you all will try. You know, if there's a restaurant in town that serves the cuisine from where you're going, you all can go there. If there's a museum that has, you know, an exhibit or any content dedicated to this place where you're going, you can get into that as well. You know, and just be encouraging, you know, like acknowledge that this is scary. You know, it is difficult to leave the home that you know for a significant amount of time and you will miss your friends and you will miss your school and that's okay, you know, but just remember that we're coming back. This is not forever. This is a year. 
just talk to her about, you know, how much has changed in the past year already, right? And just like how quickly a year of her life has gone by and some of the things that you all have been able to do. And just that, you know, this year is going to go quickly on the road too. And the next thing you know, we'll be turning around to come back home, you know, and that home is always going to be here. We're not taking you away forever. This is just something that we believe will be very meaningful for you and for us. And, you know, we believe that it's an experience that you'll love. I think that the like, empathy part is so important like Mm. for as much as we move and we go do things like our kids are not always thrilled like their initial response is almost always like we want to do this like we just got you know sometimes it's like well we're making this choice and sometimes the choice is being made for us um but i think what really seems to speak to them is is like jamila said the empathy of like, yeah, this is really hard. And I completely understand that we are leaving friends and I'm leaving friends too. Um, But I'm doing it confident that I can stay in touch. One, because we have always done that before, right? Like if you have any friends that you have moved away from and stay in touch, like holding those up to your children as like, these are relationships that I was able to continue to nurture makes that a little bit easier. I think preparing for that, distance with friends. So going ahead and starting to set up whatever you're going to use. So if that's like exchanging postcards or letters, like you can do some of that now before you go. Um, We have used before the Marco Polo app that allows you to send little videos. And I set that up with like our Uh, you know, our friends' parents, and then the kids can record things. If your kids don't have email addresses, I would get them email addresses and then um, attach them to your phone. That way, when an email comes in, I can be like, hey, so-and-so emailed you. Um, you, Do you want to read it and respond right now from my phone? Like, those little things really help. I mean, when we moved abroad, Henry was like three, maybe almost four, and he was able to maintain friendships with other four-year-olds just by he he would sometimes say like I miss my friend Lucy and we would say like okay should we get her a postcard and mail it to her and he would draw on it and mail it and then she would mail something back right and so even if you are doing some of the work because I think kids have a hard time understanding that that this is work if you are doing that to kind of keep fresh in your friends memories and keep um you know your child feeling like they're engaging with this other person. It is amazing how excited they are to see each other when you get back and setting up those FaceTime calls. But you can start doing that now, like have her come up with a plan. I love the idea of introducing food and things like that, because that is the stuff that we love to send back that's really fun. Like as they're planning or talking about stuff, you can find things that the friends might be really interested in. And then that makes it exciting. Like, well, I can't wait to go to this place because I can get my best friend this, you know, fresh Japan, like this Hello Kitty stuff. Um, Lucy is like very into Hello Kitty. Henry is very excited about going and finding Hello Kitty stuff to send her. And that makes him excited about this, even though that distance is going to be something that that they have to deal with. And Liz, you've done this before. So to what extent do you get the kids involved in like, planning out the thing because that seems like you can give them giving them some agency is going to to help in some way the more the better i think sometimes we err on the side of like 
they they are too involved. Um, and then when everything doesn't pan out, there's, <laughs> you know, they, they get upset by that. But um, right. I think the more that you can give them and the more that they can be involved, especially with something like this, um, where you're traveling around, we have friends that just left the military and bought an RV and are driving around um, for a full year. And they are very much letting their kids help plan the next destinations. Um, and they had some of the same concerns. Their kids were like, we thought we were going to get to stay in one place. Like we made these friends, dad retired. We you know, thought this was great. And now they were like, let's get in an RV and drive all around and not be anywhere for very long. And they are having this magical journey. Um, and they're so excited because they get to pick some of the things and places that they go. So I think the more cool. that you can make the conversation um, about like, hey, are there things that you would want to go do or see? Are there things you're excited about? I I mean, even for us still, every time, you know, we're talking about the move, Henry in particular, who's 11, will say, you know, like, I, I'm i like excited about these things, but I'm also nervous because I'm leaving my friends and I'm going to miss them. We always are just like, yes, that is, it's, it's hard. Like, it's really hard. And sometimes in life, we have to do really hard things. And this is good practice. But what we can do is like make some fun choices, right? So is there something that you're looking forward to? And can we get that on a calendar so that there's a physical date when you're going to get to do this and then tell your friends about it? If you can have those first like check-ins already planned, like, oh, but on this, you know, like, hey, in that first week, like, hey, once we get settled on this date, like we've already set up a phone call. I think those things can really, really soften the blow. And so if you just treat it with, with, empathy um and don't get upset that they're raining on your parade like you are the adult with all the power you are deciding that this is going to happen right like that choice has already been made so i think the more that you can just be like yeah we're excited about this i know you're going to enjoy it but i know it's also hard um seems to be the way i I feel like i try to absorb some of those blows that come because they're expected right like uh, it's good that they're developing friendships that they don't want to leave. Like that is a very good yeah. skill and thing that is happening to your child. Um, and stress that you're coming back too. Yeah. Yeah. We don't always have that, which is. You don't have that. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're hardcore. You're so hardcore. You guys are amazing. Well, you know. But it sounds like this is this is a one year adventure that uh, they'll be returning home afterwards. So so obviously that's something not to not to gloss over. Like you're not leaving forever. But I'm sure the eight-year-old understands that. And you can do countdowns. And there's all kinds of fun countdowns, too, for you can be excited for leaving, but also for coming back. You know, if you haven't read uh, Dan's book, How to Be a Family, he talks about some of these issues that he had uh, with with his girls. So that's a good thing to prepare you <laughs> because uh, as you read the book, that feeling kind of waxed and waned throughout the trip mm-hmm. too and and reared its head. So that's a there's there's a bunch of books out there. There are so many like Instagram accounts and Facebook groups of people that are traveling. So I think that's good advice to uh, Zach mentioned to reach out to find friends, but also just to kind of uh, lurk a little bit and see what other people are doing to deal with that. Our our friends that are doing it have found a group that they meet up with frequently. So they've actually run into some of the same families as they've RV'd when they can. So picked up some new friends along the way too, which is kind of fun. Well, wannabe world schooler, thank you for writing in. Hopefully some of our advice helps. I know we have a few traveling family listeners out there. You guys have written in before. So we'd love to hear your advice, how you're dealing with this. 
We also need your questions, so please reach out to us at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-357-9318. That's it for our show. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review. Or better yet, tell a friend about us. That helps us expand our lovely little community. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Zach Rosen and Jamila Lemieux, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply